No doubt. Um, we're doing the, the best that we can with what we have. Our elders have made the decision that it's still, still not a, a very good idea for our members to assemble right now. Uh, we want to make sure that when we do, that we're all safe and, and uh, we certainly don't want anyone to, to, uh, to get sick or whatever. So anyway, at least for another week or two, uh, we'll probably be doing exactly what we're doing right now. And uh, that's okay. We're going to make it through it. Um, today is a, a very special day. Uh, as you all know, this is Mother's Day, and so usually we preachers, you know, it'd be kind of, uh, it'd be, I don't know, it just wouldn't be a good idea not to do some kind of a special lesson in some ways. Uh, the lesson that, that I have for today actually goes along with what we've been discussing about the family of God, and it goes along with encouragement and, and all of that, and uh, I'm going to try to do a lesson like it um, or at least very much patterned after this one uh, for Father's Day, um, whether we be able to assemble or not. Hopefully we'll be able to assemble by then. Um, but uh, anyway, I do have a lesson for you today, and, and I'm excited to be able to share it with you. And I'm excited that, that again, that you have chosen to join me. Before we get into our uh, lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for the ability that we have to open up your word together and to, to share in this moment and, and doing what you would have us to do. And we pray, Father, that you would be with us as we go throughout the rest of our day, that you would bless us as we do worship you, and we pray, Father, that you would Help us to be the Christians, to be the, the light in this world that you would have us to be. And we are thankful for the opportunity in some ways to, to, to realize that, that the church is more than, than just a building. And that it is your people doing your will. And that we can do that wherever we are. And we pray, Father, that you would give us the, the encouragement and, and the strength necessary to to go about doing exactly what you'd have us to do each and every Lord's Day. We pray, Father, that you would continue to be with us, that you would continue to bless us throughout this day. Today we are mindful of our mothers, and we thank you for them, and thank you for the sacrifices that they have made for us and continue to make. And we, we pray, Father, that you would bless our mothers and help us to to always be mindful of the things that they give us and, and the blessing that they are to us. And for those who have lost their mothers, we pray, Father, that you would provide them with comfort today as today is a, a very difficult day for them. We pray that you would be with those who are sick, those who are afflicted in any way, those who are suffering. We pray, Father, that you would bear them through these sufferings. Um, uh, especially those still dealing with this virus. and We pray, Father, that you would be with them and that you would care for them, that you would bless the doctors and nurses that care for them as well and keep them safe. But we thank you for, for all the sacrifices that have been made for us. We thank you for our first responders, for uh, all those that put themselves in harm's way for us. We pray that you bless their families also. And 
Pray, Father, that you bless this nation, bless our leaders, especially as they make decisions uh, regarding now and and, and uh, the crisis that we are in. We pray, Father, that the decisions that they make would be the right ones, that they would look to you for guidance. May we all look to you for guidance, for your peace and for everything that, that is provided through your word. We are thankful for your son, for a sacrifice for our sins, for all that he he gave for us and pray that you would forgive us help us to recognize our sins help us to to do what we can to make them right in your sight thank you for giving us life giving us this day and we pray that you would continue to bless us in it it is through jesus that we humbly pray amen all right let's get into our lesson today the title is godly women godly encouragement and hopefully this is something that is encouraging to you um, I asked for some help with this and I got some help I got some really good help and I've tried to include uh, all the things that that were, were given to me and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll do this lesson justice throughout the Bible we are given numerous godly examples both male and female examples that we are to follow I want us to begin our study today in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, and we'll begin reading at verse 1. Titus 2 and verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith and love and patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. We're not going to go through all of those verses today, but I want to use these as sort of a background, uh, uh, just a reference point for us to begin. Um, I do want to, to continue some of the thoughts that are presented in Titus chapter 2, uh, probably for Father's Day, Lord willing. But the focus of this lesson is the example, first of all, the example and teachings of older women. As we read of them in verse 3, that they be reverent, teachers of good things. And we also want to notice the admonishment of young women, the encouraging of young women. As we read in verse 4, that they love their husbands, love their children. And there are other things that are given there as well. And we'll, we'll look at each of those in a moment. One of the things that, that we must realize is that our world is in desperate need of good and godly women who will shine the light of, God, of, the light of Christ in its darkness. There is a great darkness in the world. There are those that are outside of Christ rather than being in Christ as we read in the scriptures we have a, a world that 
even though they are living and breathing just as we are right now. And they're going through a, a daily routine just like we are today in some ways. Um, they're, they're doing everything just like we are and yet they're in darkness because they don't know God. They don't know Christ. That's a very sad thing. And, and so they live in darkness because they don't know the light of Christ. Christ is a great light. As a matter of fact, we're told that in eternity that, that, that He is the light. That there's no need for, for sun or moon or any other great lights that have been placed in the sky or, or even artificial lights uh, such as light bulbs and things of that nature because Christ is the light. Well, for a lot of people, He is not their light. They do not know Him. They do not know who He is. And so there's a a great darkness in this world. So we need more lights. We need more Christians. And we need Christians that are guided. Even by godly women. Godly men too. But today's focus is on godly women. We need good and godly women. To lead the lost to Christ. To lead their children to Christ. To lead their husbands to Christ. All of us are important to the functioning of the family of God, which is what we've been talking about. And like I said, I, I wanted to try to tie this lesson in. I think it goes very well with our theme. And, and just looking at the family of God, we see the importance of each and every one of us. Uh, we've been looking at that in, in some of the recent weeks, and we'll probably look more so in the next few weeks. Uh, however long we, we are able to continue this series, and I do hope that it's been... An encouraging series for you. But my prayer is that we will recognize the importance of our individual role in leading others to Christ, both by teaching and example. And part of that begins in the home. Uh, it really does. It begins in the home with our mothers and, and how they lead their children. Um, remembering your mother and how she led you. Uh, I hope that you had a good godly mother to lead you in paths of righteousness as well as fathers too but like I said we're talking about mothers here today we look at our, our first point and and basically this just looks at the the couple of verses that deal with the older women and the young women in Titus chapter 2 uh, older women to young women uh, the example that they set the teachings that they give the church that is sound in doctrine. How these apply to that church. We begin by looking at uh, Titus chapter 2 and verses 3 and the beginning of verse 4. We'll look at these again. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women. Older women are encouraged to continue in godly behavior. Reverent in behavior is the way that the New King James puts it, in the way that they talk, in the way that they act. Uh, their behavior is becoming of God uh, in some ways, uh, in every way. Uh, but they must be reverent in their behavior, walking in the ways of God and in the ways of Christ. The teachings of the scriptures. 
They're not slanderers. In other words, they're not bitter and not bringing false accusations against another. Um, that would, would not be very becoming of any Christian. Um, but they are, are certainly, these older women are certainly encouraged not to be slanderers. Uh, again, we're, we're looking at a good example here. Not given to much wine. Not enslaved to wine, so to speak, as the women of Crete typically were. And, and of course, that's where this writing is coming to Titus and, and his leadership role. They are teachers of good things, both by precept and by example. And the things that they teach and the way that they live, they are teachers of good things. Did you know that we're all teachers in some ways? We are all preachers in some ways. Even if you don't stand in a pulpit, even if you don't present a, a lesson like I do, we're all teachers of something. And so women, they need to be good teachers in not only the things that they say, but also in the things that they teach young women. That they admonish the young women. That they encourage them in Christian living to be godly women. Those things are important. Young women are, are likewise encouraged here in Titus chapter 2. They were encouraged to observe the examples before them and imitate them as they themselves exemplify what is taught in Scripture. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. That the older women admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Loving their husbands. Uh, meaning treating and, and doing unto their husbands as love requires. I think of, of the commands of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the great chapter of love. We, we see things such as kindness, Long-suffering. I love that term. Uh, some of the newer translations use the word patience. But long-suffering really gives us an idea of what that is. What is patience? Well, it's suffering long with another. Endurance. Faithfulness. Seeking always what is best for the other. That's what love does. And that's the kind of love that women should have for their husbands. And also obedient and submissive to their husbands. Uh, this is one that, that some don't like. Um, but hear me out. Uh, they are to recognize the responsibilities that are given to their husbands as the head of the home as God desires. And, you know, even in the church and well, in the world, you look at the workplace and, and you think of of all the ways that each of us having different abilities and different responsibilities can bring them together and make things work. You know, we can't hinge a, a business on one person, really. You may have an owner, but that owner is going to have to, to place good people and good representatives under him uh, so that, that he can, can make that business function. It's the same with the church. You know, we can't hinge everything on the preacher. We can't hinge everything on the elders or even 
uh, one or two members. It, it takes all of us doing our part. It takes the, the Bible class teachers. It, it takes the the ones that are, are able to serve in, in leading singing and 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 staying in the pulpit because we don't all have those same talents. You know, not all preachers are, are good song leaders. Um, and not all song leaders by any means are comfortable standing in the pulpit. Uh, it takes godly leadership such as elders, but it takes all of us working together to make the body of Christ function in the way that it should. And it's the same way in the home. You can't hinge everything on one person. Um, husbands can't take all the responsibility in the home. They need godly wives to help them, to help them make the home function. Uh, godly wives who, who will, will probably have a, more of a, a role in the, the lives of their children. Um, but you need all of those parts to make the home function. And, and the wife can't take on all the responsibilities of the husband. And the husband can't seek to take on all the responsibilities of his wife. But you need all of this to function in the right way. So the role that is given to husbands is that of leader. That is uh, that of head of the home. That doesn't mean that 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 he is to, you know, kind of like the way that the elders are taught that they're not to to rule in a harsh manner, um, but they are to to rule kindly and gently and it's the same way with the husband. Uh, uh, I would say that a good husband is going to look to his wife to help him make good decisions for the home. That's important. But the wife needs to recognize the role of her husband as being the head of the home. And she needs to be submissive in that way. Be obedient in that way. It's not that God hates women. It doesn't, you know, he created them. Uh, it's not that he's trying to be mean to women or anything like that. It's just the way that the home functions. And some people take offense to the way that, that these things are worded in Scripture. But they're given to us for a reason. As Christ is the head of the church, so the husband is to be head of the home. And... Again, we have this example of older women teaching younger women in Titus chapter 2 that, that they lead them to, to be submissive wives, that they lead them to be uh, loving wives, loving their husbands, and also loving their children, teaching them right from wrong, teaching their children right from wrong, teaching them the ways of God. You know, I would dare say that... that just even looking at my own life, I think I probably learned more in the time that I spent with my mother about being in the ways of God than I did with my father. Just because I didn't spend a whole lot of time with him. Um, you know, I was with my mother uh, a lot, you know, especially, you know, uh, even when I was in school. You know, before and after school, it was time with my mother. Um when my father was working. And, and so, uh, you know, there's a reason, I think, that, that we have fonder memories in regard to our childhood, maybe so, more so, surrounding our mothers than our fathers, just because we spend a great deal of time with them. And, and so, 
Young women need to be taught to love their children. That's also of great importance. Uh, and then we get into their behavior. To be discreet and chaste and good. Uh, restraint from evil tendencies. Instead living a virtuous and, and even a quiet life. You know, women don't always get the credit that they deserve. But certainly they are very much so deserving in regard to, to how they lead in the home. And, and they are, are great leaders. We, we shouldn't take that away from them. To be homemakers, and this is one that, that maybe we have a little more difficulty with. A lot of people believe this to be outdated, and uh, it's just the, the, the perspective. Maybe more so today is, is different than it was maybe 50 years ago or more. Uh, but basically to dedicate themselves to the daily task of oversight of the functioning of the home as their primary responsibility. That doesn't mean that they can't work outside of the home and some some have to. There's no way of really getting around it. Um, but their primary responsibility is oversight of the home. When the husband can't be fully involved in the home, the wife takes up that role and, and really makes sure that everything is cared for in the right way. That, that, that the children are taken care of, that, that they're guided in, in the ways they need to be guided. Um, but she makes sure that those things are taken care of. And that is her primary responsibility. Whether she work outside of the home or not, that's still her primary responsibility. And what is the result of all these things? If, if the older women do their part in teaching the young women in the ways of righteousness and the ways of God, the ways of the scriptures, if they do their part in teaching the young women, not just their own daughters, but even as far as their family is concerned, their, their granddaughters, they, they have a responsibility to them, and just the young women of the church. They have a responsibility to teach them and, and to guide them, and they should take that very seriously. The result of all of this is that the word of God, the word of God be not blasphemed. That the word of God be not blasphemed. You see, to fail in the responsibilities given by the Lord would cause the word of God to become blasphemy. An example to the world, which should never be spoken of a Christian. You know, we have an example that we need to set in the world. And, and if we, we set a bad example for whatever reason, that's going to have a light shown on the church. Good light or a bad light, one or the other. Uh, maybe light isn't the best term for that. Um, but you're going to, to, there's going to be some kind of, of, a thought, some kind of an idea that is gathered about Christians and about what the church is based upon how people see us and how people see the way that we act. If we act in a way that is, is unchristian-like, unchrist-like, so to speak, then we're setting a bad example on the church because they are going to recognize us as part of the church and they're going to recognize that Maybe we're not the Christians that we should be. So we don't want blasphemy to fall upon the church and, and to keep that from happening. Then we, we make sure that our lives 
or what they need to be as Christians. We look at, at godly women of the Bible. We have many great examples in Scripture, and I want to spend the rest of our time together looking at those godly examples. And I'll try not to, to take too long with this. Um, but we look at some of the examples that we have in Scripture because we have many great women that we can look to as an example of what we should be as Christians. And, and even us guys, okay, we can look at women and see some, some great examples in the women and the way that they lived, the way that they acted, the way that they spoke. We can see some great examples, some things that we need to learn, that we all can learn as Christians. Older women, for instance. There are a couple of older women that, that really stand out to me. Um, and, and they led by example. We think of the genuine faith, as it is referred to, of Lois and Eunice, Timothy's grandmother and mother. You see, they had an important part in his life. They had an important role in guiding him. And Paul recognizes that role. As we look at how he writes to Timothy in, in this second letter, the second letter that we have anyway, uh, we see that that's something that he mentions, their, their example to him and their guidance and their faith. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. For I am persuaded, and, and I am persuaded is in you also. The genuine faith that they had imparted to Timothy, Paul could see it in him. And he recognized them as being important to Timothy's upbringing. And certainly they were. I also think of the guidance of Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. If not for Naomi, Ruth's life would likely have not been lived in the service of God. She, she probably wouldn't have, have fully known who he was. Uh, she probably would have gone back to her home of uh, the Moabites, and idolatry was something that was common among them. And she probably would have, I can imagine, gone back to basically the way that she had been raised. Um, but Naomi guided her in a different direction. Um, and of course, Ruth is, is well known for her loyalty to Naomi. But we think of, of the, the guidance that Naomi gave, not just in teaching but in the way that she lived. You think about it this way. You know, you look at, at all the things that, that Naomi went through. She lost her husband. She lost her two sons. And, and now she was telling her daughters-in-law to, to go, go back to their home. And she's about to be desolate of anyone, really. I mean, her family is gone. Everything that she has ever known is gone. But no matter what, and, and maybe it's because Ruth encouraged her too. But we see her trust in God. Through thick and thin, through good and bad, she still put her trust in God. She still continued in His service. And she taught Ruth to do the same. 
very good example uh, of someone who, who is faithful even in times of difficulty. A great example for our day and time, right? So, we've looked at some older women. Let's look also at some younger women. Uh, there are some young women who have served God well and taught us uh, how we need to serve God, really. We continue in, in looking at the Old Testament for a moment. Let's look at the courage of Esther to defy the laws of the land and going before the king to save her people. She could have been killed. Even though the king was her husband, she went before him. She could have been killed. Uh, Mordecai encourages her and tells her, maybe you're, you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. I have no doubt that she had. But she saved her people, the Jews. But she had great courage. Um, did that courage need to be encouraged? Absolutely. But she still had great courage in doing the things that she did. She stood up for her people, no matter what it was going to cost her. And let's look again at Ruth, the loyalty of Ruth this time. We see a young woman who had lost her husband, and, and yet she is going to remain loyal to Naomi. And we have the, the words that, that we remember from Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. Ruth was determined to remain with Naomi rather than going back to her people, the Moabites. She was a loyal companion to her mother-in-law and this loyalty served her well in the service of the Lord. Because I'm sure that, that you know, just by the things that we read that that loyalty did spill over into other aspects of her life. And I think we would be amiss to, to not recognize that. And I also notice the, the faith of Mary, the mother of Jesus. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And a little bit of reading here, but bear with me. Luke 1 and verse 26. Now, in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. And focus on what it says in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Don't you think there was a sense of, of the unknown within Mary? How is this really going to happen? How is this going to look in the eyes of, of the, her people? There was a lot of unknown. What would become of the child? But she took it all in faith. She truly did walk by faith and not by sight. Trusting in God. And we read this, this song from her in Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Oh, what a great example of faith Mary, the mother of Jesus, was. She put her faith completely in God in regard to the birth of this son. I told you that I was going to include all of them. We're not going to, to spend a great deal of time with these. But these are some of the things that, that were mentioned to me. And I wanted to include them for you. Begin by looking at Jael, the wife of Heber. She was known for her courage with action. And it is said of her in Judges chapter 5 and verse 24 Blessed is she among women in tents. So you can go back to Judges 5 and, and look at, at what is said of her and who she really was. Staying in Judges for a moment, Judges chapters 4 and 5, Deborah, a great leader and judge of Israel. Oh, we have some great mothers that are, are mentioned in Scripture that are great examples for us. One of those is Jochebed. you know who Jochebed is? I remember my mother saying that she really didn't know who Jochebed was until I went into the nursery class and, and we were taught who Amram and Jochebed were. I've remembered those names for a long time. But these are the parents of Moses and also Aaron 
and Miriam. But Jochebed, the mother of Moses, we read of her in Exodus chapter 2 and verses 1 through 10. We read of her selflessness and sacrifice. Seeing Moses as valuable in the eyes of God and saving his life despite orders to kill him. As the order was that they were to kill all the male children born to Israel. But she saved his life. And God, through his providence, he, he took care of Moses too. He was raised up in the palace, but he chose his own people over the Egyptians. And we see that, that eventually he led them out of Egyptian bondage. A great man, but we have the beginning of great parents, and especially the example of Jochebed. And Hannah, the mother of Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2, she was loyal to her word. That's one of the things that we learn keeping the vow that she had made to the Lord, lending Samuel's life completely to his service. We have Mary and Martha, their devotion to and their love for Jesus. And especially we have a great example in Mary's mindfulness of spiritual things. Uh, of course, Jesus gave reference to that. We have the woman at the well, a reminder of how God can use even the lowliest to do great things. And someone also mentioned uh, Mary Magdalene, and, and I think of the, the women that were surrounding Jesus even in his death, also coming to the tomb to care for his body, Matthew chapter 28, and, and of course uh, the other accounts as well. Uh, but we, we have their example, their devotion to Jesus. That's something else that we can learn from. There are so many great women of the Bible. And it would take us a long time to really go through all of those. But I figured I would give you some of those as an honorable mention. So as we come to a conclusion to this lesson, we are to be mindful of the great examples set before us in the pages of Scripture. Much can be learned from these great women of the Bible, from the way that they lived, to their faith in, in God and in Christ, and the faith that we need to have today. There's so much can, that can be learned. And not just from our mothers, from the, the women that are in our lives, but also from the examples of Scripture. But the greatest lesson to be learned, whether it be from your mother, from your grandmother, uh, from anyone that you may have in your life. The greatest lesson to be learned is from their submission to the will of God. My mother is a Christian, and her mother is a Christian, and they have been great examples, and, and I think a great deal of both of them. And I hope that, that you have great Christian women in your past as well. Even if they're not blood relatives, I, I hope that you have that example somewhere in your life. Maybe it's, it's from the women that you know from, from church. Um, but I, I do hope that you have some examples. And the greatest lessons that we can learn is what, that they, they have become Christians. What they have done to become Christians. That they were submissive to what God has said. In matters of salvation, doing what was required of them in the time that they lived. Uh, today, we too submit ourselves to God's will in obedience to the plan of salvation. 
repentance, which is not just a change of life, but it's also a change of, of the way that we think. And that leads, that spills over into the way that we live. Uh, but, but we start thinking in, in ways of God that we want to do the will of God. That's what repentance is. Confession of faith. Confession that we believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God. Baptism for the remission of sins as commanded of the Jews and Gentiles in the New Testament, and especially in the book of Acts. In matters of faithfulness and faithful living, serving God always until the end of our earthly journey. These great women have, have set an example for us to follow. Faithfulness, especially in time of difficulty, and when our future may be unknown to us. We don't know what is ahead, but God does. And so we take the, the example of, of these godly women in our lives. And we too, we submit ourselves to God. We do His will. We obey the gospel. And we remain faithful to Him. And certainly the, the invitation is always open. If, if you were in need of obeying. If you are in need of repenting, then please let me know so that we can help you. We would be glad to do so. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I thank you for, for being a part of this. and I'm glad that, to have the opportunity to be able to present the Word of God uh, in this way. Even if I can't be in the pulpit, uh, I keep looking over this way because that's where the pulpit is. Um, but even if I can't be... Um, in the assembly of my brothers and sisters. I'm glad that you have been with me today. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing that you've given to us. And again, we are so thankful for the examples of these godly women that, that have been a part of our lives. The, the godly women that we have uh, their lives recorded in Scripture so that we can follow their example. We are thankful for them. And we are thankful for everything that, that, that they have, have sacrificed in your service so that they can lead us to do the same. We pray, Father, that you would give us the, the qualities of, of these godly women, that you would give us courage, that, that you would give us faith, that you would give us loyalty, that you would give us all the things that, that we learn from them. Help us to apply them to our lives to, to help us to be better people, be better Christians. And we pray, Father, that you would continue to, to bless us in our walk with you. Give us the guidance that we need and, and help us again to remain faithful. We are thankful for the sacrifice of your Son, for the forgiveness of sin that is provided through him. And, and we pray, Father, that you would help us to, to uh, again, to, to look to his example as greatest of all, to be imitators of him ultimately. Help us to be more Christ-like in our lives and to set a good example for those around us. We pray for safety throughout this day. We pray that you would continue to be with us and help us to see you and how you work in our lives. We are thankful again for Jesus. It's through him we pray. Amen. Thank you for, for being with me today. I hope that you continue yourself with your own families and the other acts of worship I'm going to to do the same with, with Marissa today. And, and um, I'm glad that we can, even if we can't assemble together physically, that we can be a part of each other's lives. And, and I'm thankful for this means of internet 
and Facebook and and we'll continue to do this as long as as we have that available to us. But I hope to be back with you again very soon. Until we meet again, may God bless you.